0: Gumbo listeners, we are back with episode number 121. I'm your host, Demetrius Malbro, and I have Rob Turk, modern day tape enthusiast, on this time around. And Rob is a self taught programmer as he writes code in assembly and C for a variety of projects. His first exposure to tape systems was in 91 when he joined Exabyte as the first overseas engineer. Now, throughout his career with companies like Storage Tech, IBM, and others, he has been fascinated by technology in general and tape technology in particular. Rob is also CTO of a tape-on-tape virtualization startup under wraps, and at this time, he is busy developing a VTL system that will be released as open source on github in 2022. so in this episode he provides us with a brief history of the use of tape who the players are that's still in the game of the tape industry and also some advice on utilizing tape to combat against ransomware. And so much more when we get back from thanking our sponsors. OS Nexus makes the QuantaStore industry-leading software-defined storage SDS platform, which is used by some of the largest cloud service providers like IBM. Visit OSNexus.com for more details, including a free trial. Welcome to Data Protection Gumbo, Rob. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing good. Thank you, Demetrius. Thanks for having me on the show.
0: Awesome. So I am uh, very excited to have you on the show so we can talk a little bit about tape. (laughs) The one conversation that a lot of people frown about, they hem and haw, and they just seems like um, things are really archaic, but we both beg to differ. That tape is still alive and kicking, and it's it's going strong. It right? is.
1: It is. Well, actually, it's a bit of the the grandpa of uh, of uh, computer technology by now. Uh, this year, uh, it's turned 70, so it's uh, <laughs> mm. you would say it's up for retirement. Okay. But, uh, the technology is still going strong, and uh, yeah, I'm uh, I still uh, have a knack for for tape. I love it, and uh, I'd love to tell you a little bit more about it.
0: Awesome, awesome. Well, let's let's dive into it. So why don't we start off with you maybe walking us through the journey or your journey in history of <laughs> tape since you've been in the industry since, uh, what was it, 1991? Yeah, that's
1: pretty much uh, correct. It's uh, 1991. That's uh, when I joined uh, a small startup called Exabyte uh, at the time. They mm-hmm. were one of those uh, vendors who uh, came up with uh, a smart way of uh, storing a lot of data on uh, a small form factor tape. Uh, they uh, abused a video recording deck from Sony and uh, added uh, digital technology to that, and that made it uh, possible to store a lot of data on that uh, on that uh, tiny little cartridge. Um, that was quite a quite a step up from uh, from previous generations. I mean, uh, tape started out with uh, reel-to-reel uh, back in the 50s or so, and uh, since mid mid 1980s. Uh, Companies started building cartridges with tape uh, embedded in it. So no longer real to reel And those cartridges had anything from uh, a couple of megabytes uh, to 300 megabytes. And when exabyte came out, uh, they came out with 2.2 gigabytes. That was a huge, huge uh, accomplishment at the time. Yeah. So, okay. Um, and from there on, um, I've moved on to uh, to companies like storage tech uh, who are uh, famous for their big, big uh, iron libraries. Uh, I've joined Exabyte at some point uh, where uh, tape is still going strong. Uh, I was actually involved with uh, one of their virtual tape products called here mm-hmm. And uh, ever since uh, since I joined Exabyte until the day of today, I'm still writing software and writing code for, uh, for tape systems.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So let, let's talk about that journey a little bit deeper and how the role of tape has changed over time. And also, I guess, how do you expect it to develop from here? Is, is tape dead or <laughs> is it still going strong? And, you know, what's, what's your what's your thesis? <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Well, that's a good question. Um, there's uh, the, the role of tape has changed quite a bit. Uh, in the very early days, it was the only... Uh, large capacity media that would uh, allow computers to input data at my, in mass, uh, do, do batch processing, and then uh, output the results back on tape. Uh, that was in the, in the time of the big mainframes. Uh, then somewhere in the mid 90s, uh, what, you, what you saw happening in the IT industry in general was that uh, smaller companies got their own servers. And uh, you started out with a single server, And uh, it gradually went to two servers, five servers, maybe ten servers, and each of those needed their own backups. And rather than uh, enterprise-class tape devices, uh, that needed to be commoditized to meet the uh, well, the price point basically of of commodity servers. So tape devices got smaller. They were still used for backup, but not so much for backup uh, for batch processing. Um, And as time uh, went by, um, you could see that virtualization came in into play. Um, so we're talking 2005 maybe. Uh, VMware came out with their first, first products. Uh, Hyper-V started a little bit, uh, and it became basically impossible for every server, be it physical or virtual, to have its own tape drive. So you could see that uh, there was a consolidation going on, uh, both, both in uh, technologies as well as how you process data uh, from the server to like an inter- intermediate disk system onto tape. Um, and it, when, when, you, when you look at uh, today's uh, systems, you, you usually don't see a tape device in them anymore. Um, people have moved on to, uh, to go to cloud backup to, uh, to store their stuff uh, in object storage which is fine. Only recently what you've seen is that uh, Tabus uh, has uh, kind of made a revival because of uh, the, the ransomware uh, threats out there. Um, we got a lot of a lot of questions about uh, uh, the air gap that you need to make sure that nobody with access to your primary environment can actually touch your backups. So it's it's great to have a media that uh, allows you to transport those backups offsite and store them safe somewhere.
0: And um, I'm glad that you mentioned airgap because I just read a press release from quantum mm-hmm. that they rolled out a what is it quantum scalar ransom block all right so that's that's the technology that they have built into the tape library so the robot partially ejects the tape and there's a little lever that comes down and prevents that tape from being mounted if that tape library happens to get hacked. Really? Yes.
1: Oh, that's that's quite a quite a smart way of doing
0: it. <laughs> so it, it it's patent pending right now. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I watched a little video on it and, and said, you know what, that's a pretty cool technology. And the only way, so the, the robot can still scan mm-hmm. the actual tape for an audit purpose, but mm-hmm. someone has to physically then after that that magazine has been partially ejected. They have to physically go into the data center and push the magazine back in. That's a
1: smart way of doing it.
0: Logical tape blocking is also something that they're calling it, so pretty cool. I just had to, yeah, go ahead.
1: Yeah, I actually had a conversation with one of my buddies uh, the other day, and he came up with with a a similar idea, but for uh, robots that don't have that uh, physical block, most libraries these days allow you to partition uh, the library into multiple parts. So how about moving a cartridge from your active library to a uh, standby library, a couple of slots that are in a different partition that doesn't have a tape drive uh, attached to it. So you basically move it away, but still in the same library. That's that's another approach that yet uh, that you could use to make sure that your tapes don't get hacked you know, because you cannot just move them back
0: okay and w- what can you tell us about this 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 tape on tape virtualization ah. is there anything <laughs> you can tell us about that or is it well, is actually, it in stealth yes. mode or
1: um well i'm cto for uh, for a company that uh, that's developing some technology to deal with legacy tapes okay um one of the one of the major issues that you see with tape in general is that um, they last a long time mm-hmm. uh, You you can can. Uh, you can put them on a shelf and if you, uh, take care of them properly, uh, they can last for 30 years, except the drives that you need to, uh, to read those tapes don't exist anymore in 30 years.
2: Mm.
1: So, um, every, I don't know, five to 10 years, you'll have to do something to make sure that those old tapes are still readable, right? Uh, simply because the, the hardware disappears, so. What we developed is a technology where you could take your physical tapes, uh, LTO234, something like that,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: read them verbatim onto disk, uh, including everything that you would need to know, but also including all the characteristics of the hardware that you need to read those tapes. So uh, uh, if if it was read on an LTO2 drive, take all the information that you can take from that LTO2 drive and store that with the tapes themselves. Hmm. Now, what that would mean is that, for instance, if you would take LTO-1, which is 100 gigabytes each, you could store um, up to, a, well, actually over 100 of those LTO-1 tape images onto an LTO-8 tape.
0: Right. And I think we're, right? we're at so, 9 now, right? LTO-9. Yeah, we
1: are, we are at 9 right now. That, that's been released about two months ago. Yeah, I remember that. Um, so well in common use it's LTO8 right now which which does uh, 12 terabytes native. So suppose you have uh, a tape LTO8 you uh, formatted it with LTFS which which mm-hmm. makes it very easy to uh, transport data back and forth uh, and you store 100 LTO1 images on that. Your old application your original application will not know how to deal with that right? So it, it doesn't know what an LTO8 drive is, it doesn't know what those images are. So uh, that technology also includes a step where you insert an LTO-8 cartridge into a single tape drive, and assist the software behind it then takes the images as well as the original uh, specs of the uh, of the LTO one or two tape drive, and emulates a full library, with which resembles exactly what it was originally written on, which means that you basically did a P2V of your entire hardware and software onto uh, a new media.
0: Okay, now what what industry would you would you see primarily utilizing a capability such as that? Is that more financial services and healthcare because they're highly regulated, or, or what? Uh,
1: financial services to a, to some degree, uh, healthcare definitely. Uh, they they are facing longer and longer uh, storage times. Uh, but, for instance, also uh, seismic information for uh, oil companies. Mm. They've, they've, done a lot of, they've invested a lot of money in, in uh, measuring uh, the earth layers and storing that data in a, in a, in a format onto tapes. Now, may, maybe they find an oil field that isn't exploitable uh, uh, 20 years ago or wasn't exploitable 20 years ago, but it might be with new technology. So they have to revisit that information that they stored at that, uh, at that time Uh, but how do you get to it? Well, tape-on-tape virtualization with the technology that we developed might actually be an answer to that.
0: And isn't there a read or write capability backwards compatible, like you can can take an LTO tape and an LTO-8 tape drive can read it, but it can't write to it? I, I can't remember exactly what the Backwards compatibility mm-hmm. was. Isn't there something like that 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 still exists today? Well, actually,
1: there is. Um, the, uh, the the original goal for LTO was uh, to have uh, at least one generation backward read/write compatibility and two generations mm-hmm. read compa- compatibility. So, um, taking that logic, you would uh, expect an LTO eight tape to be re- uh, to uh, tape drive to read LTO seven and six and to write Mm-hmm. LTO7. Um, unfortunately there's been a been kind of a cutover in uh, types of ma- media uh, which uh, limits what LTO8 can do specifically but until until then uh, so so all the earlier versions they can do uh, one version back uh, read write compatibility and two versions back read compatibility. But for instance an LTO7 tape drive cannot read an LTO2 or 3 tape.
2: Mm, okay.
1: So you always have to keep that in mind. It's 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 also one of the points that um, it's a, it's a caveat that you uh, have to take uh, take into account when you set up an archive based on tape. Um, every 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 so many years, you'll have to revisit your archive and refresh it somehow uh, to 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 ensure that you can still access it uh, today. And that includes tape technology, but also your original applications that, that were used to read and write those tapes.
0: Okay. Yeah. And I remember when when I became a, a backup administrator back in, uh, what was it, 1999. <laughs> I, was, I was TSM support, which it was ADSM at the time, AdStar mm-hmm. Distributed Storage Manager. Yep. Fresh out of college, I knew nothing about storage and disks and tapes and all of that. So I... I had to come up to speed really, really quickly, and I just remember having tons of these big white books, mm-hmm. like the administrator's guide, the reference guide, which had all the commands in it, and literally pouring through that stuff to learn the architecture of how you had a backup server, you had a client. The clients were the ones that were actually sending sending data to the servers, and mm-hmm. you had a database that kept track of the metadata. So it was. It was a really fascinating world, but do you have any horror stories from back in the day of trying to recover data? And it was clearly an issue with the tape drive or the, or the tape tape library or cartridge.
1: Well, the, the, um, the worst one was from the very early days of Exabyte, um, uh, where, um, we had we had a customer who was diligently writing backups to their exabyte tape drive and that all seemed to work okay and then at uh, the point of wanting to restore they couldn't find the restore function and they went back to the vendor of the of the software who, who that they that they bought and they said oh yeah the restore functionality is still being developed what <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What? <laughs> so they had backups, but they had no way to restore.
2: Uh, yeah.
1: so that was that was a scary one. Wow. Yeah. Um, something else. Uh, well, there's the obvious, obvious uh, ones where um, uh, mm-hmm. an operator who has has been trained to just insert the tape and uh, take the the previous one out just does that every day without looking at any of the processes. And the tape the, the backups are done in like split second. Okay, so the, 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 the tape goes in and a minute later the tape pops back out. Um, you, you've worked with tapes, so you, you'll, you'll know uh, you'll know that, that there's something wrong there. Okay, it takes longer. <laughs> it takes longer for your back to complete. So um, there's there's been a couple of you know, quite a lot of customers who didn't recognize that and and just kept on doing that without realizing that there was a fault a fault with either the tapes or the hard hardware uh, to to do that. So um, yeah, they they've been bitten hard with that. This is also why why. Um, uh verification of your backups is, is important uh, physical verification so um, put it into your routine to verify a backup every now and then and also put it in into your routine to um, actually do a restore every now and then to make sure that uh, that everything is well functions as it's supposed to
0: so do, do you see any any new organizations or enterprises purchasing tape Oh, yeah. Brand new. Or are these older companies that are already using tape from the LTO one days and they're just constantly refreshing their technology just to keep pace. Mm-hmm. So but but you are seeing new new industries and new enterprise and organizations buy tape libraries. Actually, from I, actually,
1: yes. Um, in the. In the- well, in, in the low end right now, because of people uh, who are scared of, of, of ransomware, uh, so they, they go back to what they used to do 10 years ago. They they, uh, they buy a tape library and want to be uh, assured that they have uh, a, ta- a copy on tape, uh, basically a copy of La- Last mm-hmm. Resort, which is fine. Um, but also, when you think cloud, if you, th- if you think uh, m- uh, mass storage in cloud, deep archive, and so on, uh, you, you would expect to go to Amazon or Microsoft or Google uh, to, to store, yeah. it, uh, store it over right. there. Well, guess what they store it on uh, when you, once you go, you go to uh, Deep Archive? Mm. They buy huge tape robots.
0: Mm, okay. Wow. Because
1: that's, that's what brings their price point uh, to an interesting level. And that's also what allows them to uh, keep that data for a long time without, uh, uh, well, breaking the bank.
0: Can, can we pause there for a second? So you're saying... The large public cloud vendors like AWS and Azure and Google, they're probably the number one purchaser of tape libraries so they can provide some sort of cheap, cheap, deep archive or storage um, at a very low cost, and also it's it's more secure as well.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's their way to to reach the price points that they do. You can actually tell if you go to AWS and you look at the specs, you see that uh, restore times for for uh, data that's stored in Deep Archive are between 8 and 12 hours for first for access. Mm, that's simply right. because they have to fetch the tape and put it in a drive
0: somewhere. Hmm. Do you have any numbers on how many tapes or tape drives or tape libraries that, that Amazon <laughs> happens to own? Have they published any of that stuff, or is that something they kind of keep close to the best?
1: Uh, not that I know of. I think they even keep it to keep it as a close-guarded close, uh, close guarded secret that they are using tape for that purpose.
0: Now, I, I know Google posts a couple of things about because they like to build mm-hmm. their own servers, their own systems, their own compute, and, and all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Microsoft is doing some things like that too, and I read some technology where they are creating underwater data centers or something like that. <laughs> uh, if, if I'm I'm not right. mistaken, which I don't know, I could be wrong, but no, actually that's um, that's
1: been in the news. Uh, Microsoft has done that as a proof of concept. Uh, they they've placed uh, like a, a watertight tight container uh, on the bottom of the sea and uh, to to just have it. Uh, Access, accessible there. Uh, well, you you got you have two two problems fixed there. Uh, cooling is now no longer an issue.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right.
1: <laughs> and unauthorized access is the other problem that you solved.
0: <laughs> Makes sense. That does make sense. Um, so what what would you say to a a CISO?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. I don't know if a CISO would would actually be involved in the in purchase of a a new tape library system, so the entire system. So let's say a huge tape library with, you know, 16 tape drives and hundreds of tape cartridges, et cetera.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Number one, why, why why, do you think that CISO would even be interested in acquiring tape? So this is chief information security officer. Right. And, um, and why? Why? And how would you convince them to go ahead and make that purchase now versus later?
1: Well, it's a make, and buy, make or buy decision. Um, uh, Basically, uh, when you have a lot of data to store, uh, you have an option to uh, do that on-premises and have uh, your own destiny in your own hands, or you can uh, uh, send it to the cloud and uh, be happy Mm -hmm. with that. Um, The number one issue with storing it in the cloud is cost. And you'd say, well, you know, it's only 0.001 cents per something. Do the calculation, really do the math. And uh, the, the sneaky part is it's per month, which means that that bill that looks okay-ish uh, comes back every month for the next 10 years, 20 years, whatever you have uh, planned for your retention times. So uh, if you can get a much better deal by just installing a tape library, uh, then, uh, then why not do that?
0: And is there any particular moment in on the timeline let's say the last 20 years that the industry started to shift and change from tape as being the primary mechanism of sending data over to the new world that we're in now with everyone's talking about the cloud and archiving data in the cloud etc like what what's your view and when did it exactly change from your perspective
1: i, th- I think when aws came out uh, i don't know just. Just before 2010 or so, uh, with cloud storage, uh, that that was uh, well the nail on the coffin uh, for tape. That's that's what uh, what the industry consensus was uh, all about. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was a bit too early uh, to 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 call it an end uh, for tape. Uh, my in my in my view, tape is going to continue to be along uh, around for a long time. It's just going to be behind the curtain. Uh, end users won't won't see it that much anymore. It, it'll be up to the to uh, the uh, the service providers, be it large or small. And it will, well, you know, uh, very large institutions, uh, CERN or NASA or uh, a weather bureau might have uh, their own tape library. Um, other than that, I think uh, tape will be along uh, w- will be with us for a long time. And if I go out on a limb. Um, we might actually see uh, two remaining storage technologies, uh, tape and solid-state disk. No hard disks anymore.
0: Mm, okay, so you you are, <laughs> are, are putting a, a fork in the ground that hard HDD may go mm-hmm. DD, dead as a doorknob. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. Cool, that, fair enough, fair enough. So I remember, so I worked at EMC. I'm sure most most storage guys who are in backup and recovery worked at at least a few companies. So IBM was one, EMC mm-hmm. was another, and the third I would probably have to say it was either Symantec, Veritas, Commvault, or mm-hmm. the big green company. I think you're, you're there now, right, Veeam? Yep,
1: yeah, I'm a system engineer at Veeam. And uh, although Veeam uh, declared tape dead uh, when they were uh, founded, which is actually uh,
2: yeah.
1: 15 years ago to date, uh, we're celebrating really? uh, 15 years uh, Veeam this this week, actually. Hmm. Okay, um, okay. Think and the, f- the founders, thank you, the founders never uh, thought tape would be uh, implemented in Veeam. Uh, that has changed quite radically since uh, 2014. Uh, there were just too many customers asking for it, and uh, well, the people in, uh, implementing this have done a very good job in uh, looking at the, the market and and looking at what uh, what the issues would be for tape, making sure they wouldn't make those same mistakes. So, for instance, uh, the latest release uh, allows you to uh, copy old tapes to new tapes, all fully automatic. Mm-hmm. So uh, you don't have you you don't have to deal with uh, migrations anymore. You can have the software do that for mm. you. It's built in, which I think is a tremendous accomplishment.
0: Yeah, and the turning point for me was when Data Domain <laughs> when when they when they stepped on the scene, man, it's everything changed for me as a backup administrator because now you can you can dedupe that data, mm. store twice or two or three four whatever that dedupe number or ratio was that you could compact that disc on there and only store the bits and bytes, you know, and and not the duplicates. Mm -hmm. And then access it very quickly uh, because you were no longer really dealing with tape and it was all virtual. That's when when my life changed as a backup administrator and I no longer had to deal with, you know, storage tech libraries and ACSLS and (laughs) Gresham EDT Uh, and, I mean, trying to configure all that stuff. That's how I put food on the table. Uh, As a consultant, I would fly around to all of these companies and just implement TSM solutions and spend, like, a week or two installing it and configuring it (laughs) all.
1: I think you and I have have had very similar paths. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, So, yeah. um, So, also, just maybe wrapping up with, with the last question or two mm-hmm. what what caveats are, are there in using tape for long-term archive and i think you touched on this a, a little bit earlier because the time of a tape the lifespan of a tape maybe what 30 years and so yep. um yep. what what do you what do you need to keep keep in mind when you're considering a long-term archive for tapes
1: i, th- I think you have to uh, to allow it some tlc uh some tender love, and care because uh, um, uh, although a tape by itself can uh, it can be on a shelf for thirty years uh, and uh, be perfectly readable, uh, you still need the hardware. You still need the software to be able to read that data. Uh, I mean, uh, as you mm-hmm. as you are well aware of, uh, the, the formats on tape are always proprietary. Uh, well, starting with LTFS, uh, you can debate that. But, uh, uh, you cannot take it
0: in LTFS linear, linear tape, tape. File system.
1: Basically, pr- presenting a drive letter uh, uh, on a tape, so that makes it easy to just copy and, and, and uh, paste the t- uh, data onto a, a tape, looks like a disk drive. Mm-hmm. Um, but in in the long run, uh, that archive needs some kind of maintenance and planning to be uh, to be viable over the long time. So, uh, especially with LTO nine, I think uh, it was declared to have a fifty year. Uh, uh, lifespan for the tapes themselves. Uh, well, I wouldn't bet that uh, you can have a, a tape drive type LTO nine still there uh, fifty years from now. Mm. So you'll you'll have to think about how do I move that data? How do I keep it accessible? Uh, and that includes the hardware, but also the the applications themselves. I mean, suppose you had the uh, Novell NetWare running uh, around two thousand. Mm-hmm. And you are using, uh, I don't know, Arcserve. Yeah. Try and restore that now. It doesn't really matter anymore if your tape drive or your tape is okay. Uh, you'll you'll have quite a an ordeal to to uh, try to try and access that data. So uh, plan ahead. I think mm-hmm. that's that's my message. Plan ahead. Okay. Think about uh, what you need for from that data, what the value is, and how to keep it accessible over the long time.
0: And I guess you need to also purchase a hell of a lot of cleaning cartridges as well, so you can <laughs> you can make sure that you keep uh, those drives clean, <laughs> right?
1: Uh, I, I, think, I think if you look at LTO drives, I think they, they will uh, prompt you for a cartridge, I don't know, every, every 50 full tape writers or, uh, or so. So that's, that's quite a lot of data, One, once every two months, maybe. Mm. Okay. If you use them all the time.
0: Yeah, well, I have uh, truly enjoyed the conversation. Um, if if you could peek into the the future, let's say, mm-hmm. now you know Facebook just uh, changed their name to Metaverse, right? Mm-hmm. So h- how do we move tape into the future? And you can't say DNA storage is going to be oh, the, the new technology because that's I think they've mm-hmm. already stored some data on a piece of dna a strand of dna right have you heard they of that? Might,
2: yeah
0: <laughs> yeah yep. what, what do you foresee in the future just for data storage in general what's what's in your crystal ball rob
1: uh my crystal ball says that uh, tape's going to be there for quite a while um i don't think that it will take radical changes for uh, for tape to survive for quite a while mm-hmm. i mean um if you look at the 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 primer prime investor in, in tape it's IBM right now mm. uh, they, they do all the work in research and development uh, for, for technology and they've already demonstrated half a terabyte cartridges in the current front factor mm. in their lab environments okay. well that's that means that uh, we're now at 18 ter- terabyte uh, sorry half a petabyte 500 terabytes so that looks like uh, there'll be LTO 15 or 16 or so before before we get to that. Uh, so it'll be at least 10 to 15 years out before we reach uh, what's already been demonstrated in the lab. I don't think tape will be uh, gone uh, any anytime soon. What will be an, uh, an issue is access times. <laughs> just like just like you see on hard disks, uh, they've become bigger and bigger over time, but they haven't become any, any faster. Mm. Uh, tapes with tapes, you'll see the same thing. I mean, LTO-1, okay. you, you could write a full tape in under an hour and a half. Uh, an LTO-9 takes almost 13 hours to write. Um, as as uh, capacity goes up, uh, the transfer speeds need to go up as well, and that, that, that's going to be a challenge.
0: Hmm. You, you should know someone sitting on the, on the LTO panel, right? No? The consortium.
1: Mm-hmm. You, you, you expect me to be on that?
0: I don't know. You, are, are you on it?
1: <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I'd love to be, uh, but uh, I haven't received any invites yet. Uh, but, well, uh, people can reach out on, on LinkedIn and uh, get me an invite for that. See, look at that.
0: <laughs> he, he said reach out to him on LinkedIn, right? Send him a, a, a LinkedIn invite uh, to Rob Turk, better known as the modern day tape enthusiast, right? Thank you. Thank you, sir. (laughs) All right, Rob. Thank you so much for uh, appearing on Data Protection Gumbo. It's been a really interesting conversation around tape. And uh, we dedicated an entire episode to the stuff that everyone kind of kind of cringes about, but yet is still going uh, strong. So thank you again, Rob, and I appreciate you being on the show. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Data Protection Gumbo. Please follow us on Twitter at DPG Podcast and join our Backup and Recovery Professionals LinkedIn group. Just search Backup and Recovery Professionals on LinkedIn and you will find the group. And until next time, Gumbo listeners, have a fantastic week.